0: It's time for Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates on 95.3 KGY.
1: A weekly look at high school football in the area with your host, Noel Wall, and Olympian prep contributor, Dave Weber. Uh, Good morning and welcome to the Red Zone. I'm Noel along with uh, Dave, and this is your weekly high school football show uh, we're going to talk about the games and the teams in our areas. We're down to just one undefeated team and I think if you were to guess before the before the season started, I'm not sure anybody would expect who it is. We'll talk much more about that a little bit later on. It is season 5, episode 9 and the show will be available as it always is for podcast on the Red Zone Talk page of the KGY website. You'll also find a place to enter your student to win driver's education from our friends at 911 Driving School. Later, Dave had uh, a little conversation with Jaden Cody, a Black Hills player who stepped up into the quarterback position to lead the Wolves in their win over second-ranked Tumwater. That's amazing. He also talked to Ethan Lawless, who moved away from quarterback to be a receiver. Uh, They speak very highly of each other, and you're going to want to hear that in our second segment. I've also got an amazing bit of audio. A high school senior football player named Jackson Dean Nicholson of Arundel. High School in Gambriel, Maryland, played and sang the National Anthem last Friday. It's gone nearly viral. Maybe it will. We'll hear it a little bit later on. For now, let's jump into the uh, 2B Southwest Mountain. Uh, the Rainiers, Mountaineers, uh, fell to Morton White Pass. I wasn't really expecting that, 26-12. to 12.
0: Well, I wasn't expecting it either, but uh, Zach Lofkin, their quarterback, is kind of the linchpin of everything. He got hurt in the second half. Left the game, and a 12 to 12 halftime score ended up into being a 26 to 12 Morton White Pass victory. It's kind of a sad uh, note for them. That's one season ago they ended a 26 year absence from the state playoffs, but and then they got off to a third consecutive five and and0 start. They were ranked as high as fourth in the Associated Press poll, but they lost three straight on Alaska, Adnan, and Morton White Pass. And now they will not be in the playoffs this season. I
1: and mean, they don't, it's not getting easier because they're going to face 6 2 Napa Vine. That really is too bad. The Menton Ayers the have been doing really excellent.
0: Yeah, and the game the other night was kind of for that fourth spot in the playoffs. And I think, you know, we'll never know, but Zach Lofgren had rushed for 93 yards and a touchdown, threw a five yard TD pass to Cole Rizey before he got hurt. So, you know, if he's available in the second half, he also plays defense, you know, small school ball even the quarterback plays in the defensive backfield. So him getting yanked off the field for that second half was not something they were looking forward to. And you're right, Napavine uh, is going to be tough. They're fourth ranked in the state. They beat Life Christian kind of the same way Rainier did 62 to 12 a week ago, but last year uh with Zach playing full strength, Napavine beat Rainier once in the playoffs, once in the league, and neither game was particularly close. So it's going to yeah, be a tough right. one, particularly if Zach can't play.
1: All right, well, we'll see what happens there. Tonino Beavers, uh, they forfeited to Montesano, uh, and then they have a game at Beatable, or not, I don't know if it's at, but uh, they're going to play Kingston, a 1-7 team. Kingston is 1-7. They are playing that
0: game. I communicated with uh, Coach Nagel the other day just to make sure. Um, they got to go all the way up there to Kingston to play that. Kingston lost 36-20 to North Mason last week to fall to 1-7, as you mentioned. That's a 2A school. I don't know what that means, but they're a little bit bigger than Tonino. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll move to 4A. Olympia got a win. They are 2-6 and six now, uh, beat South Kitsap 45-20. to 20. That has got to feel good for the Bears. Yeah, it
0: really does. They haven't won since opening night, which actually was in August, very late in August, but still sounds like a long time ago. But 45-20 over the winless South Kitsap. Um, good sign, though, for them in that game. All but 15 of those 45 points were scored by juniors. Tyler Woods rushed for touchdowns, 32-9, 14 yards. Nathan Herman, their quarterback, threw two touchdown passes, one to Will Anderson and another to a senior, Mason Beckley, and a 30-yarder from uh, Jason Dougherty to Anderson later on in the game. So a lot of juniors uh, seeing action. leading scorer was Kenneth Denier, who is a, a senior kicker. He had a field goal and six PATs. So basically most of the touchdowns in that game scored by juniors, so the Bears – Um, Looking good as they head into their last uh, SPSL game at Curtis on Friday. Not sure, you know, we're not really sure as far as the teams that don't make the playoffs if they're going to accept that crossover game or not for the 10th week. So we don't know if that will be their last game. But uh, they do play at Curtis this week in their last league game.
1: And Curtis is a beatable team for them. Uh, Curtis coming in 2-5. and You're wincing, though? You're not sure they can do that? Maybe. I saw Curtis play against Sumner,
0: and it was a pretty good game. Sumner's not bad. Yeah. Um, The (laughs) thing about Curtis, they're coming in off a terrible blowout last week, but that was against fourth-ranked Puyallup. But to your point, though, a year ago, Curtis just did beat the Bears 17-14. So probably right. It's a winnable game. I think they probably would be slight underdogs, but we'll see what happens. All
1: right. We will see what happens, and that'll be uh, something to turn the paper open on Saturday morning about. Uh, we, when we come back, going to talk about a very historic Pioneer Bowl. We'll hear the interviews that uh, Dave got with Black Hills standouts Jaden and Ethan. You're listening to Red Zone Talk on Olympias KGY. And welcome back to Red Zone Talk, presented by Olympia Orthopedic Associates and Rapid Orthopedic. You're with Noel and Dave. And before we talk about the Pioneer Bowl game, I want to mention the amazing tailgate that happened outside Tumwater Stadium before the action. Hamburgers and hot dogs, all the fixin' soda cookies. Uh, I ran down and talked to Tumwater Police Detective Ross Ehrlman about it. And I think he was kind of instrumental in kind of getting this thing together. He was once a school resource officer, although I forget which school. He also graduated from one of the schools. Uh, but he did tell me about organizing the tailgate. Tim Egan of Egan's in Tumwater, the drive-in, donated food for a 1,000 people. Ellen Bottling, who is a Red Zone sponsor, donated Pepsi products. A big group of volunteers, uh, some of them have their... Uh, food handlers permits and that kind of thing. That's important. They served up, cooked, kept things in order. Uh, Hundreds of fans coming into the game. It was step right up. It's free. And I know that uh, Ross's vision is that this epic tailgate will become a tradition. And if it does, I'll never miss it because I enjoyed the hamburger. Yeah, I got one of the hot dogs. I I wasn't sure if the hamburgers
0: were also free, so I just took a hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. Well, I'll tell you, that that is an event. That's just not a football game. I got there about 5.30 and barely found a place to park my car on the campus. I did. Yeah, It was tough. And then this uh, kind of a funny story, this older couple, even older than me, they pulled in in their little uh, Toyota or whatever, and they just flat out blocked this pickup truck. They were just like, we're parking here, and we don't care if you can't get out. <laughs> <laughs> they, they went go. on into the game. So, yeah, and then uh, I was walking the Tumwater sideline during the game. What a sight from across the way at that packed house. Um, just a terrific event for the area.
1: No kidding. And uh, Tumwater upended by the Wolves, 22 to 17. Uh, everybody knew it was doable. I don't think anybody believed it was going to happen except for the Black Hills players.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I was talking with uh, Steve Bloom, one of the photographers at the Olympian, and he was mentioning that a young man that's working, I won't say his name because I don't want to quote him without actually speaking with him, but one a young man that's working for the Olympian as an intern this uh, year, He's from California. He hasn't seen these teams play before, and he said weeks ago, he said, I don't know why people think Black Hills can't beat Tumwater. I've seen them both, and Black Hills looks awfully good. So, yeah. um, you know, that that caused, uh, as you mentioned before the, at the beginning of the show, the Wolves are now the only undefeated team in the area. They're ranked seventh in the state at 8-0. Um, they are guaranteed a piece of the 2A Evergreen Conference Championship, and they have last place Rochester standing their way this week from going undefeated and winning the uh, conference outright, which I think is a safe bet, we would have to say at this point. I would think so. No offense to the Warriors who got a win this week, but um, Black Hills, they did look really good. They had never won a league championship before, not in the Evergreen and not before that when they were 3A and they were in the Pac-9. They didn't win that league. Uh, It was the longest drought, even though it's only a 20-year series. An eight-game drought by Black Hills was the longest without a win they got their last one in 09, eight games. Um they've only won 4 of the 20. And Tumwater had won 35 consecutive Evergreen Conference games. That's kind of doesn't sound like much going back 9 years, but remember, that is amazing for a few Street, ye- yeah. for a few years there were only four teams in that league, so they had a, a dearth of uh conference games, but 35 games in any sport in any context is a good winning streak. And uh, ironically, that was or coincidentally that was Black Hills uh Pioneer Bowl win that year, nineteen to seven. They also lost to WF West earlier that season, and WF West went on to win the title. So a lot of
1: history made Friday night. Yeah, there was. It was an amazing deal. A lot of people there, as you said. When I got there, the the place was packed outside the stadium, and as you said, I had to I couldn't park on the pavement. I had to go way down to the dirt parking lot, park down there. Yep. So uh, all right, the T Birds going to play Centralia, so both both those teams will probably wind up with wins uh, tonight. They probably will. They'll, yep.
0: they'll both move on into the playoffs, and uh, it's just going to be an interesting thing to see what how each can adjust to what's happened uh, recently. As uh, Jaden Cody, who we're going to talk to or who we're going to play an interview for in a minute, sophomore stepped in, only his third start, nine of sixteen passes, one hundred and sixty-eight yards, three touchdowns. Um, you know, just a nice effort for him to step in. They said he was prepared because. They weren't really sure how long Lawless, I mean Lovelace's elbow would hold up, right? And it went down a couple of weeks ago, and as as you'll hear Ethan talk about, uh, one of his four catches that he had was a touchdown that turned out to be the winning points. So yeah, a nice switch there. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, we'll see how Tumwater adjusts. That film is going to be out there for the playoff teams to view on huddle and so forth. And Black Hills did something. You know, they had yeah. some sort of uh, key that they used to. Uh, stop the usually deceptive wing T and Tumwater is still without their leading rusher Dylan Payne who's out for the season. so we'll see how they adjust now one thing that was good for them uh, Hunter Baker uh, really tough running the ball 77 yards on 18 carries. Um, so they didn't it wasn't a it wasn't a horrible night for Tumwater. they just got beat.
1: yeah yeah that's the way it was. Well let's uh, take a listen to these uh, Black Hills uh, Jaden. Uh, we'll hear him first and uh, boy he talks highly about his team. How tough was it to take over late in the season as quarterback and- um
2: it was it was alright, you know. I, I had I had a little bit of experience from camp but my guys just helped help bring me up to speed again just got me solid so
0: and then tonight you threw touchdown passes to three different receivers wow. what did you guys see that was you were able to throw the ball well They're, i know one drive you almost ran every play but yeah. then you scored three touchdowns and passing
2: you yeah, know um their man coverage and our, our our wide receivers are sick they got speed they got hands they got hops they got height we just, we got a full package
0: and then uh, running the game tonight you kind of looked like what their reputation is you had a whole yeah. different core guys running Four, by my count, four different guys carried the ball and did some damage. Yeah. How good are they? Dude,
2: our running back core is why we are what we are. They're amazing. They're amazing. And
0: obviously, now that you've won a championship, you'd like to do a little bit more with it. How do you guys think you'll do in the playoffs?
2: Oh, we're going to do good. It's, this is our year. It's our
0: year.
1: All right, very good. Thanks a lot, Jaden. We'll talk to you later. A lot of faith right there. And you heard him talk uh, highly about his other players. Let's hear Ethan talk about him.
0: How much fun is it to switch out? You can't play quarterback, but you get a chance to play a receiver. How much fun is that?
1: Man,
2: we have so many athletes, so many talented players. Obviously, the front line. And man, did
0: Jaden Cody ball the night?
2: He did, man. He did. I love he that did. kid. I love that kid. He's going to be awesome when he grows up. But, uh,. Man, he
0: balled out tonight, and I love him so much. What about that last catch you made? Oh, that was a pretty decent catch.
1: It was
2: easy, man. He, it put was it, easy? he put it right on the money. Yeah. He put it right on the money. All I had to do was bring it in, and I kind of like looked like an idiot and fell into the end zone. But that's okay. It was the mo- It was probably my most exciting moment in my football career, and all my teammates just made it so funny. I love these guys. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. You
1: think they get along?
0: Yeah, they do. <laughs> you should have seen them uh, when they uh, got the trophy they, uh, Kirk Stevens, the head coach had it. They lifted him up on their shoulders. He lifted the trophy even higher. And, you know, the players that weren't right there, they all ran to get in the pile. And, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, uh, it was quite a night. And they, you know, it's a, the thing that, that, uh, that I wrote in the newspaper on Sunday was I think it's sustainable. I don't think this is a fluke upset at all. I think that we're in for a longstanding rivalry between the two Tumwater schools from this point onward, I think, uh, Black Hills caught some uh, caught some improvement that they can hold on to. Some things are doing a little bit better with their defense and so forth. And they've got a good quarterback for the next two years. They got Zach Loveless, Ethan's brother, back at fullback. They got yep. Nick Bovenkamp, who caught a touchdown pass the other night. He'll be back. Um, so they got a little core coming back next year. And I think the momentum is there for them to just remain one of the top teams in the area.
1: All right. Well, that's going to be fun to look forward to for years to come. Uh, We've talked about how in other leagues, you know, we've got a lot of strength right here in the area. And so now in this league as well. So uh, those two teams, yeah, Rochester and Centralia, Rochester, meanwhile, got a win. They're now two and six. They beat uh, Aberdeen 28 to 21.
0: They did. And they had, uh, just like Olympia, they had a six game losing streak going back to August. Uh They had a easy win over Tenino in the Scatter Creek showdown. But after that, um, they were downed. But as you said, twenty twenty-one at Aberdeen. Daniel May completing 8 of 13 passes for 173 yards. 20-yard touchdown to Jacob Spann and a 55-yard scoring strike to Cody Weddle. And Cody finished with four catches for 104 yards. Uh, Grayson Johnson had a rushing touchdown and did Enrique Sanchez. And Enrique looks like he's back to maybe being the every-town-back he was last year. 18 carries for 85 yards, so... Good effort for them, but uh, as we mentioned, they will be in the crosshairs at home tonight. Yeah, reality when, steps up. Yeah, Black Hills comes to town, and they will certainly be motivated trying to close out that undefeated season. Yeah, yes, they will. A little bit closer than most of the Warrior games last year. They uh, they held uh, Black Hills to a twenty five seven win. You know, which is decisive, but it wasn't like some of the
1: right uh, Rochester right. games a year ago. Certainly wasn't. And as we move on, River Ridge Hawks in South Puget Sound League, they're looking for some postseason play. They blanked Ording, 48-0. to
0: Yeah, that brings them to 5-3. and three. They finished third. Their actual round robin is over. They have a game. Um, actually, it was last night. It was Thursday night. They met Washington in what was a seeding game in their league. Uh, eight teams from the overall 2A SPSL move on to the playoffs. And so that game between um, River Ridge and Washington – the winner gets the five seed out of the league, the loser the six. So we'll see how that goes. But last week in that route of ordering, um, Tomasi Manu, the senior running back, he had touchdowns, 49, 16 yards. Kieran Hunkin, who there is a feature story that somebody wrote this morning in the Olympian um, uh-huh. <laughs> about him today, so you might want to go read that. But he had three short rushing TDs and finished with 109 yards on 14 carries. Um, Brian Malloy a rushing touchdown and Hunter Preteran a recovered fumble back for a score. Didn't hear in the scoring about their quarterback, but the sophomore Javon Brown, eight of ten for 104 yards, uh three three passes caught each by Dante Owens and Lamar Campbell as Ridge continues kind of a odd season for them. I was talking to Steve Schultz this week and he was mentioning how you know there was this and that and the other thing that was going on behind the scenes few calls on the field that he thought should have went a different way. They're, they may be one of the best 5-3, and three 2A teams in the state. I mean, they're, they're, they finished third in their league, and it was an honest third. They lost three games, but uh, they're a pretty good team.
1: All right. Well, we'll look forward to seeing what happened, or, you know, open up the paper this morning, find out what happened, and uh, what they're going to do with uh, kind of going on in the playoffs. We're going to move on. Still to come, the 3A teams and later that Arendelle High School football player in his special rendition of the National Anthem. This is RZT on KGY. <music> Welcome back to Red Zone Talk on KGY. I'm Noel and Dave. Uh, we're going to start with the 3A South Sound Conference and Shelton, who scored again, although it was in a loss to Yelm 49-6. They
0: did, and it will be an exciting moment for a couple of seniors, though. Last home game, senior night, uh, homecoming, and they did lose 49-6, to but Troy Goodwin caught a 95-yard touchdown pass from Luke McPhee for Shelton's only score. So, you know, when they're our age, they'll still be talking about that one. So, good moment for both of those guys. Um, They will play a team that is also winless in league play tonight, North Thurston at South Sound Stadium, Um, and the Rams – Coming off a loss, a big loss too. They were shut out by Timberline. So, two teams that haven't done very well in SSC play. A year ago, it was North Thurston over Sheldon twenty to seven.
1: All right, and then Capital Cougars. Oh, I'm sorry. Go keep going. North, North Thurston, Thurston, right? North yeah. Thurston in that. Might loss. as well since they're playing each other. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, yeah. going whatever. Let's order do that.
0: Bit. Anyway, uh, yeah, not much to say offensively for the Rams. As I mentioned, they were shut out by their rivals, the uh, Timberline Blazers. They had a few defensive. Uh, stalwarts to talk about solomon campbell nine tackles jace marcott six jeffrey walden sacked timberline quarterback hunter campbell twice and armandy Tanua and omri Z- Zel- Zeladon got to him once each so a few little defensive highlights for the rams and as i mentioned they'll be playing shelton
1: yeah all right and now capital cougars five and three uh, a loss to Central Kitsap in a high-scoring game. So I got that 52-42. to 42, Is that right? Yeah, that's
0: right. And that was a crazy one in Ingersoll. Um, the thing about that game, Central Kitsap has this back, Alex Rufflong. It's like you talk about the term every down back. They mean it. And he's chasing the uh, school record for rushing in a season. Check these numbers out. They gave him the ball 43 times the other night. Wow. He gained 358 yards and scored four touchdowns. So, um But Capital Capital didn't lay still and take it. They came right back um, a huge passing night by Grant Erickson. He threw for 419 yards. That is huge. And four touchdowns. Chris Penner, their star receiver, he had to leave the game in the third quarter because of an injury. But he'd already grabbed 18 of those passes for 248 yards. So a lot of big numbers thrown around. And if anybody cares, uh, Ruffalong is now within 200 yards of that Central Kitsap record with – one regular season and one playoff game left to go. Yeah. At wow. least one playoff game. Wow,
1: that's a big deal. Well, and then Capital will face Peninsula, and Peninsula is um
0: pretty tough team. And that's the biggest thing about Capital this week. Um, they could be a spoiler, they, because if they beat Peninsula, Peninsula is out of the race for the to finish first. Is that and, right? Yeah. And the Yelm-Timberline game would become for the championship. Well, they'd be played at the same time, but yeah. you get the idea. Uh, if they lose, then that means um, – there's still all kinds of possibilities. But if the Cougars pull an upset on the road tonight against Peninsula, that would be the end of the Seahawks' title hopes.
1: And if you are uh, Yelm or Timberline, you are cheering for – Cheering for that. <laughs> for you're, one, of your, one of your rivals
0: that you don't like when you play them, but you're going to be – you can't scoreboard watch. There's no out-of-town scoreboard in Yelm, but they'll be uh, They'll be wondering. They'll, I'm sure somebody will be checking Twitter or whatever. Somebody will figure that Get out. Get some
1: scores from uh,
0: Capitol to relay
1: to people. I'm sure that's true. Well, uh, we got one more break. When we come back, we'll finish our look at 3A, and that is the Timberline-Yelm game. That's going to be the biggest game of the night, I think, for us tonight. Uh, we'll look at that when we come back. This is Red Zone Talk on Olympia's KGY. And we are back with Red Zone Talk presented by Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. We're going to finish up our look at uh Tonight's high school football games. uh, We got Timberline uh, at Yelm coming off a win over North Thurston, 35 to nothing.
0: Yeah, and this is a a big game all the way around. We'll talk about it a little bit. I'll try to lay this all out. As we said a minute ago, if Capitol upsets, upsets Peninsula, this is for the league championship flat out because it would end with the winner being the only team in the league with one loss. However, if the Seahawks down Capitol, then they're playing for a share of the championship. Yelm would get the top seed if they won and there was a tie with Peninsula because they beat Peninsula earlier in the season, 42-21. to Timberline would not have the uh, tiebreaker over the Seahawks if they win the Yelm game because they lost to Peninsula 28-27 in overtime. Closest game he could possibly lose, but they did lose it. So it's uh, a lot of different possibilities. All three of those teams can still... Come out on top. Um, and last week, as we mentioned, both these teams made sure that this game would still have its significance. Yep. Both had blowouts. Timberline uh, whooped up on North Thurston, as we mentioned, 35-zip. And as so often happens, senior quarterback Hunter Campow led the Blazers, rushed and passed for more than 100 yards, 7-11 passes for 103, and rushing for 165 yards on three touchdowns. And Jaden Gorman, who rushed for 50 yards on six carries, he scored on a one-yard run, and Nephi Vomoto opened up the scoring with an 80-yard interception return, which is kind of interesting because you remember the week before they opened up with a fumble recovery for a right. touchdown on uh, on the opening play. On opening play. And then this time their first touchdown comes on a pick six. But um, Yelm, as we mentioned, they uh, ruined uh, Shelton's homecoming, and Tornado quarterback Kyle Robinson threw touchdown passes right off the bat to Cody Gifford, one from 48 yards, one from 36 yards. Carson Ament rushed for two touchdowns, and uh, Robinson also had a rushing touchdown. So that was
1: uh, Yelm's route over Shelton. All right, and tonight brings these two teams together, and you've outlined, you know, the various scenarios for uh, for who could uh, wind up at the top of the stack here in the league. I, you know, Yelm has probably their first opportunity in a while. Yeah, it's been a while since they've won a the title. Timberline won last year, of course, in
0: the SSC, but... Um, it's going to be an interesting game. You have uh, Timberline has – Cam Powell is like uh, the uh, you know the hub of everything. He either runs or he passes almost on every play. He's he's key to it one way or another. Um, Yelm has an – they have an outstanding quarterback in Kyle Robinson, a couple of top receivers in Cody Gifford and Austin Oso. Uh, Carson Amen has come on at running back. They played a couple of other running backs the other night to just get them ready, obviously, for future uh, – Service and they did well. So, a um, couple of different offenses that uh, have a lot of ways to uh, put the ball in the end zone. The interesting uh, thing will be what the defenses dial up. We saw that in the uh, Black Hills Tumwater game. Black Hills kind of figured something out about uh, the wing tee that they were able to slow Tumwater down. So, in this game, it'll be interesting to see A, can Yelm slow down Campau? Yep. B, can Timberline figure out how to. uh, keep uh, Robinson from throwing a whole load of touchdown passes. So it'll be a great game, I think. I don't think it's going to go to a blowout either way. It's going to be a tight game, and uh, Yelm actually is used to that. Yelm's had it several um, games. They lost that one to Tumwater that was close. They beat Skyview in a close game. They beat Capital in a game that was tight for a long time before they scored the last couple TDs. Um, Timberline, I'm um, trying to think of a close win they have. They Most of their games they've either – won handily or they lost so um but then again they're a championship team coming back off a title so they know how to play in
1: pressure situations well that is that is true i was going to say i think that yelms uh winning in close games is something that could uh do them well tonight you know if the game stays close they're going to be used to that
0: yeah and it's you know usually hear people say well timberline's a champion so they're used to the crunch time and all that but yelm has has made sure that they uh did that themselves, and it was it was intentional in the preseason. Their two preseason games were close, and both of those were against really tough competition, and head coach Jason Ronquillo had done that on purpose so that his team would be uh, used to playing against good teams and also see what their flaws were early so they could hopefully fix them. But obviously, they've done a pretty good job of fixing things because they come into this game, as it does Timberline and as does Peninsula, 5-1 and one in league play. So yeah. um, three really good teams this year. Last year there were two. This year, Yelm wanted to step up and join that company, and they did. They have done it.
1: Yep. Ah, what a deal. Okay, that'll be exciting. The uh, tailgaters will be there at Yelm Stadium tonight, so come out and uh, join us, uh, try the ball toss, maybe win tickets to the uh, My Morbid Mind Haunted Barn. College ball Cougars had a heck of a game, beating Oregon 34-20. to 20.
0: Yeah, they did. That was uh, – and you, I don't know if you saw beforehand, they had been uh, – Angling for years to have the game day come out there, the yeah the ESPN show, and they did. They got them out there, and it was awesome. Like I got tw- up early yeah. and watched all of it. There was like twenty thousand students out there going crazy, and you, and the interesting thing to me was I was laughing because for years every time they've had that show, somebody's shown up with the cougar flag to wave it around. Yeah, and I noticed in that crowd there was a Central Florida flag. A few other Couple schools of them, are yeah. trying to do the same thing now. They've they've. Uh, Bit off what the Cougar fans have been doing for 15 years, hoping to eventually get that show at their place. But, you know, I've never thought of a pregame show as being the, the biggest thing in the world, but they certainly made it into that, and then they got the win.
1: It is a lot of fun. Yeah, 210 or so times that the flag co- consecutively yep. has yep. been in there. What a story that is. Both teams, uh, Cougs and Huskies, going to California this week. Cougs at number 24, Stanford.
0: Yeah, that you got momentum against another good team. So the Pac-12 this year, you've seen a lot of uh, – games that haven't gone the way that we've predicted them here. So I'm not going to predict that one. I think that I would probably, you know, maybe just my Bay Area bias as a Bay Area native, I would have said Stanford. But coming off that victory over Oregon, um, you got to look at Washington State as having every, every chance to win that
1: game. Oh, the Apple Cup's going to be fun. Huskies yeah. rebounded with a win over Colorado, yeah. 27-13, to and face the Bears at Cal.
0: I think that's a Husky win. I, you know, the Bears are, are not what they could be. And
1: uh, yeah, I think the Huskies will get that. Right. So. I'm gonna go with that one. Seahawks had a week off to get over their jet lag. They travel again, but only as far as Detroit.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's winnable for them. We'll see what happens, but that that is, you know, even when you mention that, though, you think about that, they did have a week off, but you go to you go to London and then they give you your next game back to the Eastern Time Zone again. Yeah, I know Detroit's on the the westernmost part of the Eastern Time Zone, but you know, should have gave them help. <laughs> yeah, should have gave them Denver. Well, they already had Denver, but I mean, they should have gave them somebody. You know, a little bit shorter by after that. But yeah. they,
1: professional football,
0: they're getting paid a lot of money. They know what to do. They'll get ready.
1: All right. Yeah, well, that's it. That rounds it up right there. 129 high school games tonight, 13 more tomorrow. Last week I recommended uh, Wishcott, Mary M. Night for fun on a Saturday afternoon. In case you missed it, the Night Owls rolled up 54 points and blanked the loggers. Tonight's weather shouldn't be too bad. Chance of rain, but warm. Warm enough, anyway. Bring a hat. The Red Zone Tailgaters, Maddie and Lilas, as I said, will be at Yelm Stadium for the game against Timberline. Come by and play this toss game. Uh, Win your way to the My Morbid Mind Haunted Barn in Lacey, a top five haunt in Washington State, according to the News Tribune. Uh, Last week, I said, get your voter's guide out, start to read it. Have you done that? You should. There's one big race and a bunch of down-ballot stuff that will directly affect your life. Uh, Mine, as I said last week, is in the bathroom. Uh, There are millions of dollars flooding into the state in support of or in opposition to many issues and races. So as you read, think about who backs what and why. I talked about high school football senior player Jackson Dean Nicholson of Arndell High School. That is in uh, Maryland. Uh, He played and sang the national anthem Friday. It's worth a listen. Here it is.
2: By the dawn's early
1: light
2: What so proudly we'd have At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes
1: That's Jackson Dean Nicholson of Ardell High School. Uh, we'll get the video put up on the Red Zone page. Thank you for uh, listening to Red Zone this morning. Thanks to Olympia Orthopedic and Rapid Orthopedic. And uh, again, you can find the podcast on our website. Email us rzt at kgyfm.com. See you tonight at Yelm Stadium. And be sure and join us next Friday night for Red Zone Talk right here on Olympia's KGY. Enjoy the games this
0: weekend and remember every Friday morning is a Red Zone Talk morning on 95.3 KGY.
1: Ready? Fight!
0: Now KGY begins the workday kickoff playing Olympia's greatest hits, 95.3 KGY.